We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Guilty of Charge podcast coming to you live on a set. Uh, hello, almost said Saturday on a Sunday evening after the Chargers beat the Las Vegas Raiders 24 to 17. My name is Steven. And I'm the host as always. And joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Great, man. Chargers won. All good vibes here. My mom was very solid about making sure that, you know, hey, John, it's my dad's name. It's all good. You know, we'll get him <laughs> next time. Um, but I had a great time celebrating. My mom is a Chargers fan, so we just we had a ball. We had a blast when when Zonk got the interception. We were like hugging and jumping up and down. It's awesome, man. It was a really fun game, and it always is when they win. Yes, winning is better than losing. Two and two is better than one and three. It is. Uh, so Chargers get a much needed win today. Tons of players out today uh, due to injury. Um, basically, like all of their good players on defense. <laughs> um so it was uh it was an interesting uh, event today but uh tons to get into obviously like i said chargers are two and two heading into the bye week um got a little bit more injured today so we'll we'll certainly talk about some of the stuff that happened today but um you know so many different directions we can go into to start this show hopefully you guys in the chat are are ready to rock tonight so um tyler that being said what is your your biggest takeaway or where do you want to start first about this game Ooh, where do I want to start? I I guess we should probably start with Khalil Mack mm-hmm. uh, because it's a win, and I, I because they did win. I would like to start with that, although I think there are more overarching takeaways that are maybe a bit more negative, or there's some more questions. Sure, but when I when you have to start googling how what is the record for most sacks in a game, <laughs> you're having a pretty good day, and that was I think yeah. around three in the first half or whatever. And I was just curious, like, okay, like, how, how, what could we get to? And then he got a fourth one. And by the time I was done typing that he had his fifth one, he got his sixth one. <laughs> it's like, it was incredible. Now, part of that is because of the quarterback. I think that there were moments he definitely looked like a rookie who was not really preparing to play this week um, and certainly shouldn't have been playing this early, but they kind of had no choice. Um, part of it was the secondary, of course, and some coverage sacks, but... You know, we we talked about on our preview show, like, is this is this the breakout game? Is this the one where Khalil Mack really finally gets his first sack? Uh, he did, and now he's uh, he was five back of Thule before this game, and now he's one ahead. So it was a, <laughs> it was a heck of a day for sure. And he um, would love for him to do this every game. I'll say that much. 
Yeah, we got we got to just get him in the zone, and and we just got to put like we need some graphic designers out there to just put Colton Miller's face on the the te- on the you know like swap <laughs> it out with Colton Miller for every team yeah. that they play. Yeah. <laughs> um, per next gen stats, Khalil Mack became just the sixth player in NFL history since 1982, since sacks became official, to record six sacks in a game. So Khalil Mack, pretty darn good performance today. Um, one of the best edge rusher performances we've ever seen, certainly in in Chargers history, but definitely in NFL history. Um, Mack recorded uh, ten pressures today total. So I mean, six. You get six sacks. It's six pressures already, but four more on top of the six sacks um, heading into today. This is again according to Next Gen Stats. I think uh, PFF has the numbers a little bit differently, but Next Gen Stats had him at eleven pressures across the first three games. Today he gets ten. So uh, pretty, pretty good day for Khalil Mack. Um, listen, like this is what he does against the Raiders. He he loves playing the Raiders. You know, Tuli Tuipilotu was was talking afterwards that uh, Khalil doesn't usually say much during the week. And, you know, he's out there dancing in practice and, and just having a good time. The vibes were different. So I think the team definitely sensed a game of of you know epic proportions from Khalil but I don't think anybody really expects six sacks to have in, in one game um you mentioned you know the quarterback certainly pay, played a, a factor there Adrian O'Connell's uh you know holding on to the ball a few times more gave the gave the Chargers some extra time to get home and, and Khalil Mack obviously made them pay yeah an amazing game and the Chargers certainly do not win this game without all of that I was, I wasn't really sure how this season would go for Khalil Mack, and in my opinion, and going into the season, and I, I think I still feel this way, but the guy has to be healthy. Felt that Joey Bosa was the better pass rusher, the better overall edge rusher, certainly younger, and the numbers tend to indicate that he is. Yeah, and I think by about week two, even though Khalil, and really even week three, even though Khalil Mack was playing really strong against the run and had a couple of pressures here and there, didn't feel like he was that same guy. It was really like. Okay, if I'm trying to figure out, you know, because part of this season is trying to figure out who you're keeping next season. And, you know, Williams, of course, with the injury, that's that's someone who's going to probably be gone. But the other guy was Khalil Mack, especially with the way Joey and Tuli were playing. And Joey was, you know, even hurt. He was playing solid overall. This was really a game where it's like, oh, there is definitely still something there with Khalil Mack. Um, and he can definitely show, especially with Joey out, that this is a duo that could work. So, again, you, Joey... Khalil at their best is still the best duo, but Khalil showed something today that I really wasn't sure he still had. And if he can ramp this up heading to the rest of the season, granted, I, I'm never expecting six sacks again. Like I, I won't see right. that five, seven, who knows how no. many. Years. Um, but if he can start getting to something like this, and again, just pretend like you know he's playing the Raiders every week, the Chargers can do a lot. And you know, part of the reason that I think. You know, I think Alex and I didn't have the Chargers winning the division, you know, an okay record. I think we both predicted like 11 and six or whatever. But the reason that I think we both had him going to the AFC championship game, or at least I can speak for myself, is that if you have these kind of star players or great players or guys who can do this in any one particular game, you can just win games against teams you're not supposed to beat. Now, last week it was Keenan Allen and the Vikings who weren't going to make the postseason. This time it was Khalil Mack and the Raiders who aren't going to make the postseason. But still, like at any point, these guys can go off, and then that's yeah. why the Chargers are so dangerous. They just need to be healthy enough to get there and then have those guys in the postseason to begin with. Yeah, as long as the Chargers can just get one edge rusher to go off, their defense can play okay. You know, last week, obviously, Thule was was the edge rusher who went off. Um, Joey had some good moments in week two. Um, but you talk about the importance of what Khalil did today. He was really the only one that was getting home in this game. You know, preliminary numbers from... Arjun have uh, Khalil at nine pressures on PFF. Chris Rumpf and Kenneth Murray had two. And then uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, one each. And Thule had zero. I thought Thule did some really good things against the run today. And and that zero might change. But Mm. if Khalil gets five pressures and two sacks, then the Chargers do not win this game. So, again, some of that is the quarterback play, holding on to the football. But this was an all this was an all time performance from Khalil Mack, and the Chargers certainly do not win this game without him. And so, you know, there's 
the the level of play from Khalil, I think, has been a little bit unfairly judged and ridiculed on on social media. Like, I still mm. think that he had been playing at a really solid level. I thought that he particularly was was great against the run. Um, but today, like, it, it felt like he was due for a big game. You know, we talked about that on Saturday. I certainly didn't think six sacks was <laughs> going to be the big game. No. Um, but it, it it's it's hard to really like wrap my head around a performance like that. Because like Khalil Mack last year, when he had three sacks against the Raiders in week one, that was like this amazing edge rusher performance. But (laughs) six sacks is so hard to like really quantify. And the Raiders offensive tackles are not bad offensive tackles like Colton Miller, uh, Illuminor, like they're solid offensive tackles. And, you know, for Khalil Mack to do this uh, in this game certainly speaks to what he was able to do today and just like the the kind of effort and you know bull rushing guys there was a, a dip and a rip under uh Illuminor which we don't really see much of Khalil um but that bull rush when it when Khalil Mack is on the bull rush is it just hits different and uh today was, mm-hmm. was certainly one of those occasions absolutely uh Stephen what was your big takeaway watching this game how was it when the tv broadcast was on yeah my my big takeaway I think probably do have to talk about the offensive struggles at some point mm-hmm but what Justin Herbert was able to overcome today, I think really just speaks volumes about him as a player and the way that he just constantly shows up in, when the Chargers need need him most. It certainly was not the cleanest Justin Herbert game ever. I think that was last week. <laughs> um, but the way that he ran the football today was really decisive. I thought that he made really good decisions in that regard. There were some times where he just evaded pressure at the perfect moment. Um, and was able to get the ball to Quentin Johnson for a big play, was able to, you know, obviously um, get some scrambles for big plays. And then at the end, when Trent Green is just, uh, Trent Green for CBS is just harping on, like, the finger, just, like, being such a big um, impact and impediment of how Justin Herbert was going to be able to function as a quarterback, you know, not being able to grip the football, not being able to go under center, not being able to handle pressure, and mm-hmm. then for him to just, you know, third and nine, third and eight, whatever it was, game on the line. And I'm just going to throw a 45-yard, 50-yard dot to, to Josh Palmer <laughs> to win the game. Yeah. I, I think it, it's pretty similar to, like, the Mike Williams play to uh, to beat the Titans last year where just, like, mm-hmm. against all odds, Herbert just kind of has an answer for these kind of moments. And, uh, you know, was one of the best throws of the day, obviously. And I thought that it really just kind of, spoke volumes about what Justin Herbert was able to overcome in that second half today. Yeah, he had a scramble early on. I don't know if it was the first or second one, but he was trying to get to the outside. I know it was after the stiff arm, but even then he kind of like fell over. He could have <laughs> toe tapped on the sideline and he just kind of fell over. I'm yeah. thinking, geez, like, come on, Herbert. Even if like Philip Rivers was more you know, a better <laughs> dancer, a better mover. Herbert, for all his athleticism, sometimes I have no idea what yeah. he's doing when he's running. And then he just, okay, I don't know. It's different live, right? But when he escaped that one sack, where he should have been sacked three separate times, the play was dead, in my opinion. Like, when I was watching it, I, he got hit. And I just kind of looked away. I was like, ah, oh, geez, he got sacked. And no one really even That's made crazy. noise around me because we all just, I, we thought the play was over. We thought that play was completely over. I was going to start tweeting something. I grabbed my phone, like, ah, something about the play. And then he's running to his right. I'm like, wait, what? And he's, he's good. He's good to go. He got out of it somehow. Um, the Max Crosby juke in the open field off that bootleg. I mean, when you, when you have to boot and the one guy in front of you is Max Crosby. <laughs> Max Crosby is no joke. I know he's not like no. a pure athlete, but he's relentless. He's like what we see in Love from Thule, cranked up to 11. And yeah. for him to just go, whoop, and make him miss um, and then be able to extend that play. There was another one where he ran on the, down the sideline. And the DB, it's tough. I get it. You know, when the DBs are like, I don't want to get ejected like another certain player today. And, you know, when do you ease up on the quarterback versus not? But he just slip right past the DB for another five yards or whatever, got the first down. I don't know if it was his best, you know, pocket movement, maybe day overall. I don't know. But in terms of him running and evading pressure and moving, uh, phenomenal. Seriously, excellent, excellent work. And even just that final play, like you mentioned, that that 51-yarder to Josh Palmer um, wasn't anything 
you know, wild and having to move out of the pocket and extend or anything, but drop back. I mean, it's third and 10 game of the line, um, a little bit of pressure uh, from the running back. And he just steps up, slides up, looks, flicks it, 50 yards, done, game over. Uh, again, a, a fantastic, fantastic set of plays. And then certainly on the move from him, really, really solid today, except for the interception. The interception, I wasn't crazy about that decision, but um, the juke on Crosby was fantastic. Um, you know, Matlock in the chat here talking about Justin Herbert's just toughness. I think that was kind of the mm-hmm. the, the theme for him today. Um, and listen, man, the Jerry Tillery situation was kind of funny. Like it just, you know, perfectly encapsulating like Jerry Tillery as a player. And then also, I didn't notice this until the Chargers posted it on TikTok, but Justin Herbert gets up out of that and is like skipping around and he signals for a first down. And then the whole team is just like rallying <laughs> around him and just like trying to just punk Jerry Tillery in that instance. Um, I thought that was hilarious. I And, you know, it just was, you know, again, really how we all felt about Jerry Tillery was just like making boneheaded plays at the worst moments. And that was, you know, on display today. You know, Herbert was like three, four yards out of bounds and like had, you know, he always kind of tends to kind of like uh, light up a little bit right mm-hmm. before uh, right before he goes out of bounds. And then just Tillery just like wails into him. Um, so... <laughs> Just one of the stupidest penalties I've I've ever ever seen in my entire life watching football, um, but the moment that that provided for this team, I think, is a moment that can really kind of be a bonding experience. I guess you know Khalil Mack talked about it afterwards, just like the amount of respect that they have for Justin Herbert to handle those kind of moments and be able to kind of rise above it. And then it's like we got you, like we're the ones who will like deal with the the ramifications afterwards. So. I thought that was really cool. And again, just kind of showing the, the toughness of, of Justin Herbert to kind of rise above that situation. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the, the, the replay, it was, it was fun. I'll say that much. The, the Jerry Tillery disqualification was definitely really funny <laughs> sitting in the stands because I, I think both Raiders fans and Chargers fans were agreeing on one thing and booing him <laughs> in that moment. And then we were all waiting for the eventual disqualification, which I, I yeah, totally. Especially when you're hitting the quarterback like that. Yeah. And the video I have just, you know, number 90 has been disqualified and all Chargers fans. Are, Yay! <laughs> you know, was cheering and clapping. It was, it was pretty funny. And like, uh, it, who else could it have been, right? Like it had to have been Jerry yeah. Tillery for it to be, you know, if it's of another course. defensive player, ah, it's a dirty hit, whatever. You're ejected, fine. But the, the fact that it was specifically Jerry Tillery was pretty funny. Um, it was dumb. I don't think it was malicious. Um, I, I believe Herbert and Tillery are both friends. I know they hung out in the offseason at least once. So it's not like Tillery hates Herbert and got some, he's got, oh, I got to kill Herbert or whatever. It's just the thing that Jerry Tillery does that yeah. we saw against the Patriots when he hit Mac Jones, like when nobody else was moving. Super late and the penalty was dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole play was dead. Everyone's standing there and he just walks up and hits Mac Jones. <laughs> Um, I forget what it was. We can laugh about it now, but we were so mad in the moment when those oh, things oh, were happening. Oh, very much so. Very much so mad about that one. Um, it, Raiders last year, I think it was uh, against the Rams in Baker Mayfield, yep. Yep. where he hits his arm or whatever it, it was. Ball out of and, his hands, yep. Yeah, gets a penalty, gives them the first down. They win that game. It's just the Jerry Tillery things. I don't. I know it is very easy to pick on Jerry Tillery and what happened and him being cut and all the mistakes and whatnot but i don't think it was anything you know malicious or trying to hurt justin herbert my understanding is there's no bad blood between those two it was just really dumb and we thank him for it it was a hilarious thing to witness live as he got booed and cheered like chargers fans finally cheered for jerry tillery it was just for <laughs> completely wrong reasons <laughs> and it was, it was Finally, everyone. Like, That's so I, funny. I'm, I don't recall them ever doing that until this game, and and it was pretty funny. Uh, Brooke and I were laughing uh, on the broadcast because they show Max Crosby like go up to Justin Herbert to like check on him, and then you see him kind of like turn around to face the camera, and Max Crosby, Max Crosby, just you see him mouth like, "Dude, that was so fucking stupid." <laughs> like dude even max crosby was pissed about it like you see him like after it happened he like raises his arms up he's like come on like what are you doing 
Oh yeah. man, it was it was such a funny moment. But again, like the way that the team handled it and responded from it, you know, that was after the first strip sack too. So they took advantage of the turnover, they took advantage of the penalty, and that's been kind of something that hasn't really been happening a lot for this team over the first three weeks. It was like capitalizing on penalties, mm. capitalizing on the team's other mistakes has been kind of something that I've been wanting to see more often. And I feel like they did that today. Uh, certainly in that moment, they, they definitely took advantage, got a touchdown out of that drive for sure. Yeah, I loved, I really always love seeing who's the guy that's ready to go to war for the quarterback. Um, I don't know if it was with Herbert or Rivers, but I remember, was it Pouncey? Pouncey was Pouncey. always that dude. He was always ready to <laughs> always roll for Philip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, good or bad, whoever you are, I'm always curious. Okay. I think that was with Herbert or Rivers. There was one time where Rivers or Herbert got hit and the lineman just kind of, you know, was it yeah. Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney and some of those guys just kind of like, eh. Um, I like seeing who the first guys to to go to war for the quarterback is. And Scott Matlock, you see him on the sideline fighting through like the cameras and the wires. And he's like, ah, get me out there. And he's just, he's going to go full red beard on him, full uh, Tormund Giants Bane on him. Uh, awesome stuff. Yeah. Matlock was up there. Fox was up there first. You know, Khalil Mack was trying to roll through like several other players to get there. So, yeah, yeah I, I thought that just kind of spoke volumes of of the way that they trust Justin Herbert and respect him as a leader. So it, it was it was good to see. It was. Um, all right, Tyler, what do you I think we do have to address this because I think like the first half of the offense, everything felt like it was clicking. Mm -hmm. we saw some good Joshua Kelly runs. We saw Quentin Johnson get involved. We saw Darius Davis have some nice touches. Palmer was involved. Keenan mm -hmm. was kind of involved. Um, second half and the, the finger injury certainly played a part of this and we can talk about that as well, but the second half just felt like there were, there was no rhythm for this offense. Mm -hmm. Felt like there was, you know, a couple three and outs, the turnover, obviously. What, what did you make of the second half of, of offense and how kind of concerned are you about, uh, that group going forward? Yeah, this is a, a multifaceted thing. It is definitely not as simple as, as one issue here. You could say it was, you could just say it's pass protection. I'd, I'd get that. Um, was Herbert perfect? No. Was there an injury to Herbert? Yeah. Like he was in the medical tent for like 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, the entire Raiders drive, which took a while. And then I was going to say, honestly, the Chargers are lucky that the Raiders drive kind of went long because if we had yeah. to get a couple of and stick drives in there. Yeah. I don't know, man. Probably yeah. It's not even like he had to like stretch or warm up on the sideline. I mean, he was in the tent. Easton stick took the field. And then the tent comes off and Herbert runs out there. He's like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I will not let you. I will not do that to Chargers fans. Um, it was it was strange because it, it really felt like the Chargers had a lead and they weren't sure based on how that first half went. Like, do we put the pedal on the gas or do we just kind of let this thing go? Because that quarterback stunk it up the first half. Like the the game was over in my mind at the half, and it, of course in Chargers fashion it wasn't. But I mean they weren't doing anything. Adams was hurt. They had no quarterback play. Mac was already up to four sacks. They had 24 points. Like nothing was going, and it just felt like the Chargers just I don't know. Like they took their foot off the gas, and and some people always just assume that like oh they're not passing it, and therefore they took the foot off the gas. Not always that for me, but today it just really felt like after they were so galvanized and so ready to go to war after that Tillery play, like after Tillery did it, they scored 14 points. It was touchdown, touchdown. And that yep. game was basically over in my opinion, but they, they just didn't have quite everything. And then everything was just a game of inches after that. It, they didn't have a ton of drives to go with. Um, but that one deep, like Keenan Allen was wide open really early on, mm. on one point where Herbert, I think either scrambled, had to get out of a sack and he launched it. And he had it. And Herbert and Keenan Allen was probably going to get it, at least from my perspective, where I was sitting. And they just trip over their feet, which maybe could have been defense and pass interference. I'd be like, oh, that happens. Um, I don't recall at what point in the game it was. But, you know, like Quentin Johnson could have had a, a reception uh, that he didn't come down with. Josh Palmer, same thing. Again, good play by the DB. Uh, fourth and one, you should have that. Game of inches, you lost it. Um, Justin Herbert on third down scrambles. And I thought he had that first down when he scrambled uh, mm -hmm. on third and 10. Didn't get it. Missed it by that much. It just really felt like the Chargers were a bit kind of, they kind of eased off a bit. And instead of getting that first down or getting that last yard, they just, ah, just didn't quite get there. So 
you know, protection issues, taking your foot off the gas, Herbert being hurt. And then again, like, like literally in a blue tent for 20 minutes and then, and then whoop, run out there and go, go play, go save the game. And I, I think that, you know, the whole foot off the gas thing, you send, you then see the Chargers do the last thing, which is throw that ball down the field. And Herbert has to put his foot on the gas. What do they do? Yep. 50 yards. So I just feel like they were in this weird zone of, eh, you know, we're going to have a lead, but do we? Oops, here come the Raiders. Oh, gosh. Um, I think Donald Parham being hurt in the first half after that end zone um, target, I think that affected them, um, especially when you're playing like someone like Max Crosby. And also, yeah, just the Raiders played really freaking well. It happens all the time. The Raiders find second half momentum. It's never a blowout. They always find momentum. They come back. They fight. The crowd gets into it. The defense gets gets into it. Max Crosby's a terror. So it's my roundabout long way of saying there's so many reasons. So am I concerned? Not necessarily, but I will say they have to find someone who can make the exceptional plays that Mike Williams did because they sorely missed that today. Then they got to make sure everything in protection wise is wrapped up and taken care of because there is a freight train of defensive line up next. That is a lot better than just Max Crosby and Jerry Tillery. (laughs) Who Jerry Tiller only played like the, the one quarter. Um, the offense, I think it was like you mentioned, just like little, like so close, right? You know, Quentin Johnston, um, you, uh, sorry, rewinding here. So Raiders open with a three and out. Chargers do a really good job of, of not allowing the Raiders to come out of halftime and have a good play, have a good drive, which has been an issue for them in previous years. So you force a three and out. The AJ Cole, who was just hitting bombs all night long, um, just destroys a football. And Darius Davis does not field it cleanly. It ends up rolling to like the five yard line or whatever, right? That's how you start the half. And then Quentin Johnston, it's a 50 50 pass. People were really like frustrated at Quentin, um, in my mentions, but it's a 50 50 pass. Like, not everybody's going to come down with those as, as often as Mike Williams. Still, like he got his hands on the ball, it hit him in the shoulder pad. Um, if he comes down with that, it's obviously a different drive, right? They're already at midfield, so that was just a play like of inches. I think Quentin will learn from that. You know, people again were throwing around the B word and stuff like that, and it was just really frustrating to look at the mentions. And I'm like, it was one ball, like we have to have a more of a data point for Quentin Johnston of what he can look like in those instances. I think he'll be fine. So that was the first drive out of halftime for the Chargers. The second drive was the interception. And then the Herbert injury happens, obviously, on the interception. Um, And then you get a three and out after that. And then your next one is the fourth down one. So there just weren't a ton of opportunities. It was like this this weirdest, Mm -hmm. like, second half where they just – they couldn't put any plays together – until the very end, until you had the, the the 50 yard bomb. So I don't know if I'm necessarily concerned about the offense. Like I, the, the first half, I think you could still see the new wrinkles that Kellen Moore had put in, like Darius Davis working out of the backfield. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great wrinkle. They've been using him so often in like motions and things like that. And so to get him the football in in creative ways as basically a running back, I thought was a really cool wrinkle for Kellen Moore. Um the offensive line, I think, again, this is just kind of a product of the Raiders, like the rivalry game. Max yeah. Crosby loves like playing in L.A. Um, they did some stunts and things like that. And people will point to like Corey Lindsay being out. To me, this wasn't really a Corey Lindsay being out game. I think we'll see that next game against the Cowboys, like you mentioned. Um, but even Rashawn Slater gave up three pressures today. Like to me, the primary issue was the tackle play. I, <laughs> that's where we're at with him. You know, three <laughs> pressures is a bad game. Um, but it just it just felt like they didn't have a great plan for Max Crosby. Like there were a couple of times where Everett or Stone Smart, like, like, oh, like I'm just gonna do like this little like tap thing on the shoulder, and like that's gonna do enough. And it's like that's not good enough. You have to actually like chip him, get a body on him and then give your tackle a chance. So I do think that the main issue on offense was kind of the tackle play against Crosby in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's something that they're going to, that they're going to have to learn with. And I think people will point towards Trey Pipkins and, and, and things like that. But 
I just think that they didn't have a great protected plan in general. And then the tight ends did not execute that plan very well at all. No, I, I definitely didn't think this was one of their better days. And it's strange because last week they obviously blew the Vikings blitzed the Chargers so much, but it's almost like that was slightly to their benefit because they just I mean Keenan on versus cover zero, whatever. You're gonna lose that every time. And they did. Yeah. This game, it just felt like a slightly more traditional, or they were working just the, the guys that they had, stunts and whatnot, not these exotic eight person, nine whatever blitzes. And it just felt like the Chargers weren't able to execute this time. It's kind of the, the worst of what we've seen from them the first two weeks, where things just weren't working so hot. Um, I, I definitely do need to start seeing more. I don't think Trey Pipkins has had the, the avalanche game, you know, by any means. There's no Storm Norton, hello, 11 pressures allowed kind of game, or even, or even a Trey Pipkins 11 pressures allowed game. Um, but it just needs to be a little bit better than it has been. I think every game... You know, it was kind of Zion for me. Like, okay, every game playing a really good game, but oh, there's the one play. I feel like Trace has done that for sure. Yeah, Trace had a bit more of that recently, and just got to be a bit better. Yeah, the tight ends being out were not helpful. Um, I think they'll be okay in the long run. Again, they still have four of the five guys, and I love those four guys. But you can definitely tell that the, the ceiling of the offense is capped without Lindsley, without Mike, and of course without Eckler, who will be back. Yeah, I think Teresa makes a good point. Um, I, I I would would have hoped for more Gerald Everett in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, just feel like he can do some of the Mike Williams yards after catch stuff. He's really good over the middle, trustworthy. Um, I don't feel like they targeted him at all in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. it, it just feels like they got a tiny little bit too cute in the second half too, and like. Just do what works for you. You know, we didn't see a whole lot of Joshua Kelly with like running situations that worked for him. Not a lot of Gerald Everett. Um, there wasn't much of Keenan Allen. So I am curious about like watching the tape to see like what the Raiders were doing specifically to try and take away Keenan Allen, if anything, because I mean, Hobbs wasn't in this game. And so I was like, okay, Keenan's going to have a Keenan yeah. game. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just think they weren't able to get into a rhythm. And, and some of that was the Raiders, some of that was the offensive line. Um, but I think like, you know, that people were blaming Will Clapp and things like that. I think Will Clapp played a fine game. This to me was not a Will Clapp issue. This was, this was unfortunately a tackle issue today. Yeah. One thing I, because we're talking about offense, I I do want to get into and really start having this conversation. I think it'll diverge one of two ways among the fan base. I think, although you could combine all three, I think there is a production and that's it standpoint here, which is disappointing. And then there's a a usage and film side to this as well that I think maybe like mm-hmm. I think you and I have kind of gone the first few weeks because you'll point out, oh, well, there's Quentin Johnson wide open down the field. And if he's just wide open, there's nothing else he can do. He's open and yeah. he's just not getting thrown to. But my my concern here is that you know you throw a ball to 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 Quentin Johnson or um, and you throw one of the end zone as well. Are, are they drafting him or did they draft him to be the Mike Williams replacement, but specifically to be Mike Williams? Because it just, again, I'm still puzzled, especially today. I, I get the first few weeks, the first three weeks, you have your guys. Quentin Johnson's coming along fine. You know, he's kind of used a little bit, but whatever. But this game, I, I figured now, this is really the game where you start to see him get a couple of screens, a shallow, anything. And it just, it just, I wonder if they're, they drafted him and they're not using him like he's going to be the future Mike Williams, where you and I pretty firmly throughout the entire pre draft process were like, uh, yeah, he's tall, but he's not Mike Williams. Like everyone wants him to compare him to Mike Williams, but he's nothing really like Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, outside of physical profile. And even then, in terms of the agility, they're different. So I'm, I'm going to start the conversation here about usage and I'm and maybe just fit. Like what did the Chargers believe when they drafted him? Because I'm just not seeing I get a, a little bit of a pass the first few weeks. It's like a target a game. But now today with so much opportunity and your offense really not going anywhere in the second half. Just surprised to see where the Chargers did with him, which was not much. But then again, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the film is because that does change things a bit. Yeah. the They were using him 
in the first couple of games as like a vertical uh i don't want to say distraction but like they they call them love of the game routes like where you are your job is to take away attention from the other guys mm-hmm. and then kind of some short you know short yardage screens kind of situations and that was pretty much it um you know i was hoping for more usage obviously today um maybe that will continue they did have um you know, 37 total carries, but obviously some of that is, is Justin Herbert scrambling. Um, 17 carries for Joshua Kelly, who I thought had a pretty good game today, 17 for 65. I think you, you're pretty happy with that. Um, but just the, the usage doesn't make sense to me either because it's like, I understand that, yes, he can get vertical. That is a strength of his. Um, jump ball is probably not really his thing, although he can do it. Um but I, I would love to see more like intermediate route opportunities for him. I would love to see more like shallow crosser opportunities for him because he is so good after the catch and, and, and has that acceleration. So I know everybody, and I already see it in the chat, right? Like Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, like all this stuff, right? They're not using him. Like that's that's not his fault. And I don't think we can really make any kind of judgment of where Quentin is at versus like Zay Flowers who's getting targeted like 13 times a game. Like you just that's just not a fair conversation to have. So I understand the frustration of the usage. I'm right there with everybody, but like the comparison to the other receivers is already exhausting and we're four games into the season. Like you know, we just need to focus on getting Quentin more opportunities and I would have hoped that today it would have been, you know, more of a priority for them to to get quentin going yeah i i was definitely surprised overall by the number of runs that were called technically they have 37 runs but that's some of herbert scrambling or quarterback deals like whatever still i was a bit surprised i yeah i just given the secondary of the raiders given that there was you know nate hobbs was out and i think that the raiders were by far worse in terms of pass defense i was surprised um, to not see him get it more involved. So I, I think today's the first day I'm I'm really concerned, whether that's his fault or not, whether it's just usage or fit or just him not, you know, my, so my dad asked, you know, is, is he getting separation? I don't know. He, I think he was the first few weeks. Uh, I think everyone has at least pointed the, in the third game to him getting open a couple of times down the sideline, down the middle on a post. Um, the question is, will Herbert trust him to throw that or trust him and throw it enough to throw it to him? So I'm not sure. Yeah, next gen stats has him as as definitely creating separation, especially in that third game. I think his average separation was like six yards or whatever the case is. So he, he's getting open. And you know, today we'll I, I don't know, we'll see what the all 22 shows, but um I, I thought that this would be a, a greater priority again for them to get. Quentin, get Gerald Everett involved more often, more frequently because you don't have Mike Williams. So just was was a little frustrating. Um, on the positive side, I do think like Isaiah Spiller showed some things today. I thought Joshua Kelly showed some things today. Um, much better performance from the running backs after last week was just kind of, uh, again, circumstantial where you have eight guys at the line every single play of the game. Um, but I thought the running backs played well today. I thought they ran hard. I thought they pass protected well. You know, Isaiah got to show more of like who he is as a pass catcher, which was really good to see on the sideline. So there were some good things that the offense did overall, but you just you have to be able to try and find a way to establish your rhythm a little bit more. And especially against teams like the Cowboys that they have coming up, the Chiefs coming up, um, that's that has to be a better priority is to get drives and sustain mm-hmm. these drives, which is not uncommon. In 2021, the Chargers had the same kind of problem. And it was a lot of penalties, drops, things like that. Um, But, you know, they have the bye week coming up. It's when you do a lot of self-scouting. And I'm full that a lot of these kind of issues that we're seeing are getting getting corrected. And it feels so nitpicky, right? This is a top five offense right now. But this is where we're at. Like, you're trying to, you know, our expectations for the offense are so high, even without Corey and Mike, that it's like you have these little nitpicky things that you've got to get over. And some of Mm -hmm. that is you have coming up on the schedule. Um, but hopefully they, they use that bye week coming up to kind of get things right. Yeah, and I think they will, at least in the Staley era. I know it's a different coordinator, but Lombardi in both seasons has been better 
the offense was better post by. Now the first year it's because they just got better, and the second year it was because Herbert was just further away from his injury. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, they, they they did improve. Things did look a lot better. So I think the Chargers will. Although right now their floor for where they're at is much higher than it was last year. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Spiller, uh, you throw him the football and he does things in the open field and looks good. Yeah. Uh, had two catches. I think he had at least one immediate forced missed tackle on each of them. Mm-hmm. Do that. Do more of that. You know, I was surprised how many carries he got. I think it was five today. Um, I guess that's maybe not a surprise. Yeah, but five for twelve. So okay, not a ton of production, but one of them looked really good. <laughs> one of them did look good. Um, but again, Spiller, get him involved as a receiver. I think if you look back at that um after during the bye, I think that's something you lean into. And then Joshua Kelly, I really didn't think it was it was not statistically a very good game, but there were several moments of oh, I got hit. Let me give you three and a half, four more yards. And so it's not going to be the, the sexiest yards per attempt, but I think yeah. he played a lot better as a runner than he did certainly the last two weeks um, and then better than the, the average gave him credit for. Yeah, the the total yardage and the average, I think it, it's not helped by like the three or four pitch plays that they decided to run to him, two of which he got tackled like six or seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's just not his game to to get out on the edge and to to you know beat people and turn the corner. So I wasn't crazy about those quick pitch plays. That's definitely more of an Austin Eckler thing, or do that to Darius Davis. Um, but I thought overall, like Joshua Kelly ran hard. I thought he was better in pass protection this game, and um, you know Isaiah showed some good things. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about prize picks. PrizePix is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using prize picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. It's more fun to be there live for Los Angeles Chargers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Los Angeles Chargers and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if you change your plans, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chargers. Um, all right, let's get to the defensive performances here. Um, some good things, some bad things. Where are you at with the way the defense played today? Again, lots of starters down. 
no Joey Bosa, no Derwin James, no Elohi Govan, no JT Woods. <laughs> uh, lots of injuries. Eric Kendricks was kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, what did you make of the way the defense played today overall? Um, overall, I think they played well. I mean, they held them to 17. So I think i got to say they at least played well. A couple of the issues that have been issues popped up, notably the the penalties. Mm-hmm. Some that I, you know, I didn't get to see the, the a replay of the Michael Davis one. They don't show replays of you know home team penalties, um, so I don't know how egregious that one was. But the one with Zon body slamming which, the guy which down. Pen, the... Michael Davis had a I think an early uh, defensive pass interference penalty. It was pretty. It was pretty blatant. It was pretty. Blatant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw Adams go out of bounds, and I, yeah. I couldn't tell. Davis like yeah, so threw it was that him bad. out of bounds. I was like, I okay. don't know what kind of technique you're trying to play, but yeah, that was yeah, not smart. Okay, it was regardless with the, some of the same issues that popped up. It seemed like a better game overall for the secondary. I don't think it was you know a shutdown elite game by any means, but I, I think they played better. And I'm curious to go back and look at you know it, it stinks to play corner or really any position in the NFL. That's like you have to be perfect all the time when you're not. It's magnified tenfold. Offensive line is like that, and corner can be like that. I'm very curious to look back at how many times the coverage allowed Khalil Mack to get that sack. Felt like yeah. at least three times. So I feel like in that respect, I think the coverage was better. Um, a couple of people have pointed out Dean Marlowe. I think there were at least two pass breakups. I don't know if a third one counted. Um, I think he was down there for the almost, I think the reception where the guy pushed off. And then he had another one where he could have picked the ball up, I believe. So... Like, I think as a center fielder, he looked pretty solid, and you're going to need that coming up. So I think he looked good. Um, overall, I think the most yards allowed by one of the corners was Davis with 64 or 69. I can't remember how much it was exactly, but it was better. And I'm not saying it was great. I'm not saying the secondary was perfect, but it was better. And that was encouraging to see. Although, again, Aiden O'Connell at quarterback and Devontae Adams was out for – I'd say half the game. Yeah, I, I think, again, certain things that this team is improving with and certain things that are continuing to be a problem, I think that's the right way to frame that. Um, Josh Jacobs, you limit him to 3.4 yards per carry. Um, you and I were both worried that this would be a, a huge Josh Jacobs ground game. Um, you know, heading into it just kind of feels like that kind of situation for this team. Um, but 17 for 58, I think you take that with Josh Jacobs. Um the production uh, as a receiver was concerning for me. So Josh Jacobs leads their team 81 yards uh, on eight catches, 11 targets. It felt like every check down, he was like just wide open, like nobody yeah. around him at all. Um, I was concerned about that. I was because that to me is, is an issue that's very correctable. And mm. it felt like the chargers linebackers were dropping so deep on every single replay. I felt like they were like 10 yards deep. And then you hit Josh Jacobs for three yards, and then he runs seven yards after the catch. And there was not a whole lot of adjusting going on. So that part was frustrating for me. The end of the game where it's like, you know they're throwing to Devontae Adams. You've seen it on tape for three games. We talked about this, how Devontae has like one of the higher target shares in the league. They're not really throwing the ball to Hunter Renfro very much. They're definitely not throwing it to Michael Mayer. They're very rarely throwing it to Jacoby Myers. You, you know that when you get down to it, that they're going to throw it to Devontae Adams. And again, there's just not a lot of adjustments. Michael Davis is kind of struggling this year. If he were playing great, I would have understood it. But those two things were frustrating for me. I thought overall, given the circumstances, that the defense played much better than they have over the last few weeks. Um, defending the run was, was a true uh, step in the right direction after kind of getting you know, roasted a little bit last week against Alexander Madison. Um, you get the six sacks from Khalil. You get some secondary improvements from Dean Marlowe, like you mentioned. I thought overall the defense stepped up big time today. Um, you know, Brandon Staley gets aggressive uh, again, back-to-back weeks. And the defense responds in back-to-back weeks with a, a turnover in the red zone. So I, I thought the defense did their job. I thought they stepped up with the offense kind of having some hiccups. But some of the same issues are still issues, and I think it, it's definitely worth pointing them out. Yeah. I I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they, I feel like – I don't know. Again, I think I, I think I have to rewatch it because with all 22. It's yeah. so tough to tell exactly when 
you know, I don't know if it's the quarterback, who's it on. Um, yeah, it's all a game. Yeah. All right. Last thing that I want to touch on, which I, again, we didn't like structure this or anything like that, but we've gone for 45 minutes. We have not addressed the fourth down decision. Um, <laughs> it's all the rage again, you know, people loving it on social media, people hating on social media, people talking about Brandon Staley should be this should be that whatever. Um, I, I cannot be mad at Brandon decision, Brandon Staley's decision-making because we have been asking for him to be more aggressive. And I think Benjamin Solak had a great point about it, where it's like, if you get that fourth down, you win the game. The game's over. If you don't get it, you still have a chance to win. And they did. So, like, I think aggressive Brandon Staley is a good thing. However, I think, like, for me, with Justin Herbert being injured in that point, I would have punted. So my take is that basically that I'm not mad at it. I understand the, the decision to go for it. In a normal circumstance, I would be all for it. But with Justin Herbert's injury, I think I personally would have punted. What do you make of Brandon Say's decision to go for it? I I don't know because I, I liked it at the time. I think I maybe might like it less because I saw what the result was. Sure. But I, I again we we talked about this and like hey they need to start trying to do these again I, I don't love it on, on your own side but you got to start trying to do these with the Chiefs with the 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 Cowboys up next you know can you get better at these and I, and look they at least tried the tush push sort of thing they had Josh yeah. Palmer back there like they did sort of go for it you know they did run the play that we wanted them to right herbert quarterback sneak it's gonna happen Yeah, literally on this show we were like you should have snuck that one last week yeah. against the vikings and they did it yeah today. yeah and they went one for three i believe and i don't know if you would have made the other one if it were not at the goal line but you get to stick your the football across so it counts um i i think i would have punted um given that it was aiden o'connell basically the way i would see it is let's give that offense as many opportunities to get sacked as possible and at that point again mac had six sacks i think so let them throw it more especially because they have to and, and force them to you know drive the length of the field although i will say i don't know if this is the best special teams day overall i think all around that's fair i think that's fair. i think i think jk scott so let me see if i can find his average for the day I don't think it was great last week either. And let's see, I have J.K. Scott's average as a punter. Okay, so a 40-yard average, but with a long of 49. Um, it didn't seem quite like what we had seen before. There and were they a were couple 30-yard punts. Yeah, not great. And they were down Dean Leonard, which is one of your key special teamers, playmakers for you. So I guess maybe not punting, I, I sort of get. You know, you don't want to give them a bad, don't even have a bad punt, goes 40 yards, and that's it. But still, I, I would have punted that situation. Aiden O'Connell was heating up, and Josh Jacobs was heating up, and the, you know, the dump offs to Jacobs were heating up. I just don't know if I would have believed that Aiden O'Connell could have done an entire drive. And, you know, lo and behold, he couldn't do the 34 yards. Yeah, I read on the point said there was a 23 yarder from JK today. Yeah. Um, so not not a good day, and and some of that is the game plan. And Ryan Ficken did uh, talk about this this week that they prioritize the hang time, they prioritize the lack of a return as opposed to the distance. So we see a little bit of the difference in philosophy from the two special teams units today. A AJ Cole clearly has the green light to just boot it as far as he can, <laughs> and it works sometimes, right? Like Darius Davis had a tough time tracking the ball today. Um, jk scott it, the goal is hang time the goal is no return the goal is special teams tackles so some of that is the game plan but a 23 yarder is inexcusable for somebody like jk scott um so again getting back to the fourth down decision i like the overall process i respect the decision to go for it this team needs that aggressive nature to come back out i think and i think they this team really rallies about that I just personally, with the injury, would have punted. That's that's how I would have done it. But mm -hmm. I'm not mad at the decision. I can't be because we have advocated for Brandon Staley to be more aggressive. And he's done that the last two weeks. So I respect the process, respect the decision. I just, me personally, I would have punted given uh, the, Her the Herbert injury. But again, the process, I think, is sound. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see them having something. 
I don't know if it was the Eagles who did this recently. I saw some tweet of it. Basically, they were able to work a different kind of fourth down play out of the tush push look, um, do something a little bit different. I think it's like a pitch or something. I forget. Um, so hopefully that's something that they can build on moving forward. Um, I, I don't know why I didn't realize at the time that, it, duh, Herbert was hurt, and they had to ask him to do the quarterback sneak under center, obviously. So, yeah, not great timing there. But, you know, if everything about fourth downs and going forward is odds and you only get it half the time, then, you know, do all the ones you don't get at this game and save for the next one. Yeah, I'm trying to find the specific stat. I think Nate Tice tweeted about it. Let me let me see. Cause I want to get this right. Oh man, he's tweeted a lot tonight. Shoot. <laughs> uh there we go. Okay. Uh, Nate Ty said this, uh, in the fourth quarter of one score games, the Chargers are second in fourth down conversion rate since the 2020, excuse me, 2021 season started. So historically speaking, when they go for it on fourth downs, they do a great job of converting. And he says, but it sure doesn't feel that way because all of their misses are in <laughs> these clutch moments. But uh, if you go back and look at all of the different fourth down attempts, They've done a, uh, usually a pretty good job at converting. So, um, again, that is second and fourth down conversion rate since 2021, which is when Brandon Staley was hired. So, again, respect the decision. Process was sound. I think we can maybe just talk about the different play call. But, again, we wanted them to sneak it, and they did sneak mm -hmm. it. So, it, it's hard to be mad at that situation. Oh, what was I going to ask? Shoot, I just lost it. Never mind. Sorry. You're good. Sorry. Not even on um, you. Okay. All right. Any uh, any other thoughts, Tyler, before we uh, head out of here today? Oh, we need to answer some of these super chats. I almost forgot. We can just do that. Yeah. Um, Jose, too conservative in the second half. Stop running on fourth. Um, what do you, we kind of talked about the the nature. I feel like they passed a lot in the second half. Um, lots of incomplete passes though. Yeah, I, I think they had to force, I feel like they forced themselves to have to pass in the second half, but I could be wrong. I don't think on first down that they were particularly efficient. So yeah, first play negative two yards on the run. Second time they opened up with, okay, Darius Davis run, but a penalty, another run for one yard, a run for another pass to Everett for three yards. Yeah. It was all right. I think it's just, it just, it sucks to just write it off like this, but I just feel like it was a game they didn't quite have everything together based on where they were at the game with that many points scored and being up that much. It's almost like they're more comfortable having to score when they don't, rather than not having to score. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Billy Bohard, just showing love for the podcast. Appreciate that. Um, does anyone have any word on how Lindsley is doing? So he was at the game. Um, the They did like a little, blurb about him to start the game um the sideline reporter didn't really have anything specific to say just that Corey's going through some tests right now and that he's gonna have to make some adjustments um because mm. he's not playing on game day things like that so it wasn't really it's kind of a nothing burger so i don't yeah. think we'll know how Corey Lindsay is doing he does have to miss at least four games as does jt woods who is dealing with some kind of general illness but they place him on the nfi list for whatever reason. Um, yeah. So that's all another situation too. But um, he was at the game, which I think is obviously a good sign just from like a general human being standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I think the Chargers are so close to the vest and so quiet about things. And given the situation, if you're assuming that he sort of knew about this or something that was wrong, as soon as he was noted, um, jotted down as an illness, I think the Chargers will probably just never let us know unless they need to. <laughs> I think if he comes back, We'll never really know unless he says something. And if he doesn't, I think they'll tell us. And I hope they don't have to tell us. Yeah. Um, Jordan Cat had a super chat as well. Uh, any idea what Calvin Loy was alluding to in his tweet reply about the behind the scenes drama stuff while Tillery was on the Chargers? So um, I don't know about Kyle's experience. We've talked about some of this before. I don't really want to rehash that, but uh, we appreciate the uh, super chat, Jordan. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I don't I really don't know. But I, I hope I don't love the Kyle. I, I appreciate the tweet because it helps with engagement and to learn a <laughs> bit more. I know that's interesting. 
but I don't know that I love that Kyle tweeted that. Just I, I feel like it was just a easy target sort of thing. And whoa, look, here's this about Jerry Tillery. I don't know. I, I didn't love it. Um, I, I don't think I've ever heard that Jerry's a bad guy or that he's a drama guy or whatever. He just wasn't the most likable. Maybe overall, certainly not in the media. Um, I don't know because I see Joey Bosa working with him a lot. Every training camp, we watch Jerry Tillery. And why do we get excited about Jerry Tillery? It's because Joey Bosa is working with him on this pass rush move, that pass rush move, and he's giving me advice on them all the mic'd up. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but maybe he didn't like BYU or something. I don't know. <laughs> there's no real Notre Dame BYU rivalry that I know of. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think they're safe there. Okay. Um, but yeah, Kyle has tweeted like behind the scenes tweets about a few different things. So uh-huh. maybe one day he'll, uh, he'll spill the beans. Um, all right. We have the, uh, the Shun family coming in here. You guys met some GAC fans today. That's, that's fun. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so nice. They, this the group of four guys, someone said, Hey, Tyler. Um, and they were just so, so kind with their words and what they said. And they're like, oh, my God, are you Tyler's mom? And they hug my mom, too. You know, and I'm like, oh, my dad's over there, too. And they just booed him. Um, it, was a really, <laughs> it was a nice. It was nice, though. They had this four Wearing guys, the jersey, probably, I assume. Yeah, he had his Woodson jersey on. And, yeah, these guys were great. I took a picture with them. I got to post it. Um, really, really nice. And it was really nice to meet them. They were very happy. They said when we got you know, the Chargers gig, it felt like they did as well. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I appreciate that. Nice. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've met some people at obviously training camp and games and stuff like that. And people are always so kind, so gracious. So um, we appreciate you guys sincerely. Uh, make the transition. Uh, stayed up from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. I believe he's the one who's deployed overseas. So, uh, again, appreciate your service as always. Tillery um, getting ejected made it worth it. Again, pretty funny moment there. Um, and then last super sticker here from Kyle uh, Eropkin. I uh, appreciate that as well. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Okay. All right. So, uh, again, Chargers are 2-2 two and two heading into bye week. A lot of people need to get healthy, including Justin Herbert. Um, he was asked about getting x-rays after the game and he was like, Oh, we haven't done that yet. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll do that at some point. Obviously he was healthy enough to come back into the game. Um, uh, but he is one of many chargers players that needs to get healthy over the next couple of weeks. Uh, chargers obviously have the bye week and then Monday night. So they get an extra day to recover, um, a truly much needed recovery process for this chargers team. Uh, two and two, I think is, is a good spot for them to be in. And they've got some really important games coming up after the bye week. Yeah. <laughs> Huge ones. I don't know. I can't I can't solve for at this point where we're delaying the inevitable or if there really is some momentum building here. Tough when you have a bye. But again, at the same time, it's a good time to have a bye with the guys you're playing next. Yeah. Oh, another, sorry. Real quick. Sorry. Another one from Joe Alexander real quick. He did this last time too. We appreciate it, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> great day for all of us. Glad we got the dub. Do we think Khalil only performs against the Raiders or is it a change in the right direction? Listen, man, he's got 10 sacks against the Raiders over the, the last three <laughs> games. Um, and I think it's nine in the rest of the other games. So, or no, that's, that sounds like way too much. I don't know the stat, but the majority of his sacks have come against the Raiders. So, Again, we just need some CGI work to while they're studying the film to just get Colton Miller's face on the opposing offensive tackle every single week, and, and we'll go from there. Perfect. Good plan. All right, man. Uh, appreciate everybody here in the chat tonight. A little bit of a housekeeping thing. Tyler and I are going to make some changes uh, coming out of the bye. We're not going to be doing our game preview live anymore. We're just going to record it and upload it. Um, we're trying to avoid Thursday night football and be able to get as much of a runway as we can getting it out to you guys. So that'll be uploaded from now on just Thursday mornings on your feeds. Um, and then we'll have our live shows after the game and then on Saturday night or excuse me, Saturday morning as we always do. So just want to let you know. And then this week we're not going to have a Thursday show at all because I'm going to be in Utah for my brother's wedding. Um, and we'll have our Saturday show on a Sunday morning before the NFL games kick off where we'll do our Q and a and stuff like that. So, uh, taking a bit of a 
mini break this week while I'm uh, traveling for my brother's wedding this week. Yeah, just turn on those notifications, have those notifications on, and doesn't matter when we go live or don't go live or post something, you'll always know when we're dropping off content. Um, hit like, hit subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. We're on the road to 10,000 subscribers. So it's free. Go for it. Hit subscribe. That's free. At least you can do. Hit like. <laughs> if you hate us, leave a negative comment that also gives me engagement too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the, all the engagement helps for sure. Continue to, mm -hmm. to grow the show. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we'll have our usual episode on the Chargers feeds on Wednesday. And then, like I mentioned, we'll be live next after that on a Sunday morning for our Q&A show. And then uh, usual stuff on the, the following week for the Cowboys game. So that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll see you guys next time. As always, bolt up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.